0: Uh, allowing us to, to be in South Africa. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'll give you what God's laid on my heart, and I'm the, the opening. One tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what Brother Seth Richards has. Let's pray. Father, bless our time here today. It's great to be assembled, with your people. Uh, Father, to be with your local church here. And Father, we're going to be together for all eternity. That may be a difficult thought for some people. I pray for anyone in this room who's not saved. Father, we don't know, but this could be the last opportunity they'll have for the Spirit of God to speak to them, to draw them convict them, to, to grant them repentance unto life. And Father, should you send your Son tonight, the condition in which we sit here, or as I stand is how we'll face the eternal Son of God. And Father, it does say in First John that we can be ashamed at your coming because we're not right with the Lord, we're not right with you, we're not right with a fellow church member, maybe a family member, maybe we're not right with the pastor and his wife. And Father, we will be ashamed at your coming. Father, this could be our last opportunity. I pray that we'll be hearers of the word and not doers only. Bless this service, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know the Great Commission very well. You could probably quote it. I trust that you can. In Matthew it says, Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The great responsibility of a New Testament church is to reproduce itself. I said at the beginning of the meeting that if a church is not doing that, they have no reason to justify Their existence, really. Mm. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. In this verse, you'll find four generations of, of saved people, of passing the faith from one to the next to the next to the next. And that again is what great commission the great commission is all about. It's c- committing the truth to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. We've looked at John the Baptist, and uh, tonight we're going to look at one of the converts of John's ministry. And we're going to see uh, this man and who he was and what he did. Christ. I invite you to take your Bible, please, and let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 27. The Bible says, and after these things, he, Jesus, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he, Jesus, said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him, Jesus, a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with him. If you want to know who these others are, you can compare the same account in Matthew's gospel. It's the disciples of the Lord. Verse 30, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's go back up to verse 27, and let's consider some things here. We're going to, as I say, look at a convert of John the Baptist, and I'll show you why I say he's a convert of the Baptist preacher. In verse 27, after these things, he went forth and saw a publican, Well, what is a publican? I believe you know, but it says here he's sitting at the receipt of custom. And from what we know of a publican, uh, in comments of Scripture and Bible history, they were uh, Roman agents uh, working for the the Roman IRS. They were tax collectors. That's what they were. And uh, publicans did not have a very good reputation. They were known as thieves. They would uh, they would be uh, taxing the people more than what was due, and if you remember, in fact, we'll look at it in just a few moments. So I'll just save what I was going to say. But uh, let's let's compare some scripture here and see what the Bible says of publicans. Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter eleven to begin with. Matthew chapter eleven. And let's please look at verse 19. Let's begin verse 18. For John, John the Baptist, came neither eating nor drinking. He fasted, and they say, he the devil. By the way, if you're going to be a biblical Baptist, just be prepared to be slandered and lied about and even to be told you're of the devil. I've been told that before. I'm of the devil. In fact, one of the private schools that I teach at in South Africa, it was going around the student body that Pastor Scott is of the devil. He's a deceiver. I thought, wow, that's new news to me. I didn't know that. And so I'm thinking, why are they saying that? What have I said, what have I done that they think that I'm deceiving people? And come to find out, one of the students said, you see that mark on the back of his neck? That's of the devil. That's the devil's mark right there. I thought, if that's all they can find about me to say, hey, I'm doing pretty good, praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah of the devil. Anyway, uh, that, that was interesting to me. So Matthew chapter 11, let's continue reading there. I lost my page. Let me go back. Verse 19, the son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous, we'll skip that part, and a winebibber, <laughs> and a friend of publicans and sinners. I want you to see the context that publicans are placed in: gluttonous, wine bibbers, and sinners. Publicans. All right, let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 18. Aren't you glad I skipped over that gluttonous part, Brother Richards? <laughs> We've been enjoying eating, I can say that. You know, this uh, context here in Matthew 18 is about church discipline. You know, if, if a man uh, offend thee, you go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he neglect to hear thee, you take two or three more. That at The mouth of those, you know, every word will be established. And if he shall neglect to hear thee, tell it unto the church. And if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. So a publican is in the context of wine-bibbers, gluttonous people, sinners, and heathen people. A publican. Not a good commentary of publicans. So go back to Luke chapter 5. Jesus goes forth and he sees a publican. He sees this tax collector. This one who... As a publican didn't have a good reputation. But notice uh, his name is Levi, and he's sitting at the receipt of custom. He's doing his job there, collecting taxes. And Jesus says unto him, Follow me. And verse 28, he left all, rose up, and followed him. Now you can, com- you can compare statements like this, even in the beginning of John, where Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you to become fishers of men. And you know, straightway they followed him. And there's, a, there's a, uh, an example of where James and John, uh, the sons of Zebedee, left their father in the ship and so on. Jesus said, follow me. Immediately they followed him. And you've got these Baptist preachers who say, oh, that's when, that's when they were saved. Really? Go, l- 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 I can imagine Jesus going up to a lost person and saying, Hey, follow me. Listen, a lost person's not going to follow Jesus. If Jesus went up to a lost person and said, Follow me, they're going to say, Who are you? I don't even know you. Listen, saved people are the ones who truly follow Christ. Jesus said, My sheep, and he used the personal pronoun my sheep to distinguish from those who are not his sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Why? Because they're saved. They're his sheep. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. And so this is not when Levi was saved. This is not when he was saved. I want you to notice something else here in verse 28. When Jesus said, follow me, I want you to notice the wording and the order thereof. In verse 28, Jesus said, follow me. Verse 28, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. Now that seems to be out of order if you think about it. Shouldn't it say, and he rose up, left all, and followed him? But it doesn't say that. No, get the the order correct. The Bible says, and he left all, then he rose up and followed him. You know why the order is important there? Because Matthew or Levi, and we'll we'll take a look at at, at his name here, but this publican who was already saved, and we're going to see how he was saved or when he was saved, he, he, he leaves all first, then he rises up and follows him. In other words, while he's still sitting there, before he rises up, He's sitting there, and he left all. You know where he left everything, brother? Right here. It was a done deal. There wasn't anything to debate. There wasn't any hesitation. There wasn't anything to think about. His decision had been made. He made that decision the day he came to Jesus Christ, and was saved. He repented of who he was. He repented of his lifestyle as a publican. He turned from that. And he turned to Christ. And now when Jesus comes and says follow me. The decision had already been made. He left all. And because he had left all in his heart. He rose up and followed him. Now when did this happen? When was this man saved, this publican. Well, we see his name is Levi. Levi, another name for Levi we'll see is Matthew. Take your Bible please and go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Here's Jesus Christ calling unto himself and we saw this a few services ago and he calls from the larger number, a smaller number of 12, and he names them apostles. Verse 2 of chapter 10. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican. And so here is... Levi or Matthew, he is called the publican. If you go back to Luke chapter 5, you'll also see in uh, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 5, across the page, Luke chapter 6, you'll also see uh, Matthew is named in verse number 15. Now, when did Matthew, when did Levi, when did this man, this publican, hear the gospel? of Jesus Christ. Well, in Acts chapter 1, you'll find that the apostles of Christ heard the gospel during the ministry of John the Baptist. And one of the qualifications that Peter laid out for replacing Judas Iscariot as an apostle and to replace his bishopric he was a bishop, I believe, <coughs> excuse me, they all served as as, as as a pastor. They were all bishops. They were called apostles. One of the qualifications in replacing Judas is he had to have begun with the baptism of John until uh, the day he uh, was taken up and all the time that Jesus went in and out among them. But it was beginning from the baptism of John. They had to have had John's baptism. The starting point was John's baptism. The ending point was his ascension. Here's this man. The the only people we're going to consider are the ones who meet these qualifications, starting from John the Baptist until the day he ascended. Now we saw in Luke chapter chapter 2, Go back there, just flip a few pages. We saw this last night, Um, Luke chapter 3, excuse me. Look at verse number uh, 12 of chapter 3 of Luke. Then came also publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? Verse 13, and he said unto them, exact no more than that which is appointed you. Again, they were thieves. That's how they made their money. Take your Bible, please, and go to Matthew 21. We'll see one more verse. Matthew 21. Jesus gives a um, a story here, an example in Matthew uh, 21, verse 28. He said, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son... Go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain, which of the two did the will of his father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom." of God before you. See the publicans there, verse 32. For John, John the Baptist, came unto you in the way of righteousness and ye believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. You see, when John the Baptist came preparing a people for the Lord, the publicans came to hear him. And they were saved. And they were baptized. And after they were saved, they became disciples of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist taught those men and trained those men. And he he, he taught them that when Messiah comes, you follow him. And when Jesus uh, showed himself to be baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He must increase and I must decrease. And they followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's Jesus uh, calling Levi a disciple of John the Baptist. Now, back in Luke chapter 5, I'd like to uh, show you what did John do. Or, John, what did Levi do? Excuse me. What did Levi do? Here's this Baptist disciple now following Jesus Christ. Verse 29, and Levi made him, that's Jesus, a great feast in his own house. Notice, and Levi made him, not them, Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. Now, if you're going to have a great company in your own house, a great company, you've got to have a great feast. But really, who did Levi do this for? It doesn't say he did it for them. Now, they were there, but he did it for him. He did it for Jesus. And what was his motive? Well, I would think that the reason Levi, and now following Jesus, what does he do? What does Matthew do? He has a great feast in honor of his Savior. And what does he do? He takes the opportunity to invite all of his colleagues, a great company of publicans and others that were that sat down with him. The others now are his disciples in Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 if you compare scripture with scripture. So what is Matthew doing? What is this man doing? He's wanting to witness. He's wanting to reach out. He's wanting to to see his colleagues and those that he knows, those that know him. He's wanting to introduce them to Jesus Christ. And he thought, I want to have a great feast in my house in honor of the Lord, and I'm inviting all of the publicans. I want them to come. I want them to hear about Christ. That's what he did, a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with him. You know, when somebody gets truly saved, they now have the indwelling Holy Spirit. They now have the mind of Christ. You know, saved people, people who are truly saved, we've got, through Christ, and His presence, and His indwelling, we want to see other people saved. Are you listening? We want to tell people about Christ. We want to see people come to know the Lord. Now there may be times, there may be times, brethren, when we kind of cool off a bit, and we get occupied with life and the things of this world, But I'll tell you this, if you're truly saved, you've got God's spirit in you who's going to convict you and who's going to smite your heart, and he's going to be leading you and working in you and sanctifying you to go out and share the gospel with lost people. And that's what Matthew's doing. You know, if it worked for Matthew, hey, why not try it? your work fellow, why not, why not say, hey, Mike, hey, let's, uh, let's go out to lunch together. I'll buy you lunch. I don't know too many people that would turn down a free meal unless, unless they're so convicted by your testimony. Maybe they just don't want to be alone with you. You know what I mean? But listen, or, or why not? Why not say, hey, uh, family, let's have over for supper tonight, so-and-so, and let's just give them an, uh, an opportunity to be in a Christian home, and, and we can just minister to them and befriend them and, and just, you know, be, be, be there for them. Just an idea. I guess Matthew did it. I see that Matthew... Wanted to reach others for Christ. You know, there's one person, and I guess I could say this is my opinion perhaps, but I think I've got some scripture that really bears incredible weight. You know what else I believe Matthew did after Matthew was saved? Saved from his thievery. I believe Matthew, in wanting to witness to all of these publicans, his colleagues, I think there's one person in particular that he had a great burden for. Do you know who that is? His boss. And I believe that Matthew witnessed to his boss. And I believe that Matthew shared his testimony with him and preached to him. And I believe that Matthew said to his boss, brother, I'm a new man. I'm a saved man. I'm not going to steal anymore. I'm not going to exact more than what I ought. I heard this Baptist preacher preaching down by the River Jordan, baptizing. And sir... God got a hold of my heart. I want to make things right. I'm not going to steal. I'm saved. And I want you to know, sir, when, when my Lord comes, when he appears, when he calls me, I'm ready. And I'm just telling you that when he comes, I'm leaving. So I want to give you my notice. This is not my life, sir. I want to follow the Lord. And when he calls me, I'm going. And who is his boss? Take your Bible, please. Go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And could not for the press because he was little of stature. Now you know this story. But look up in verse number 2. The Bible says, And behold, what does that word behold mean? It's sounding the alarm. It's sounding the alarm. Hey, behold this. Don't miss this. This is not normal. This is not commonplace. Don't miss this. Hey, behold this. What's there to behold about it? Behold. There was a man named Zacchaeus. Is that anything to behold? Well, no. Which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now that's something to behold. You know why? Because rich people don't seek Christ. Rich people don't seek God. How hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. But here's a rich man, Zacchaeus. And the Bible says, Jesus said, the Spirit of God said, I want you to behold this. He sought to see Jesus. And he wanted to see him for who he was. Now, why why would this man do this? Listen, you can't, he, he wouldn't have done this had he not heard of Jesus. And who would have told him about Jesus? I have a good idea, brother. When I look at Matthew and I look at what he's doing and reaching out to the publicans, I believe that Matthew is the one who went to Zacchaeus and shared his testimony with him. Now, that is in Luke chapter uh, 5, I think, is where we're at, is it not? Luke chapter 5, this is now Luke chapter 19. And I think when Matthew preached to him and witnessed to him and was a good testimony to him, I think that really started to convict him. And it really started to bother his conscience. And he got to the point where he wasn't sleeping at night. And who is this Matthew telling me that I'm I'm a sinner, that I'm lost, that I'm a thief like, like he used to be? That really bothered him. And it came to the point where he said, I have got to see this Jesus for who he is. I want to see him for myself. Well, because he was a short little guy, he had to do some inquiry. Hey, where's Jesus? Where's he been? Where's he going? What's his itinerary? What course is, uh, is he taking? What path? And he found out. He ran before, climbed up into the tree, as you know, and he just waited for Jesus. He was to pass that way. Look at verse number five. And when Jesus came to the place, the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, quickly, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and what did he do? He received him joyfully, amen. Right there, right now is when he was saved, born again, Zacchaeus. Because the Bible says in John chapter 1, he came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many, as many as received him to them, not anybody else, but to them, he gave the power, Jesus had to give it. He gave the power, gave he the power, what? To become the sons of God. If you're going to become something, you weren't that before. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born. There's the second birth. When he came to the place. Let me tell you something. Those of you here who claim to be born again, are you listening? You claim to be saved? Would you be able to take me to the place? Take me to the place where you were when you were saved. Well, you know, Brother Kuzel, I, I know I'm saved, but I don't really remember when it happened. I don't re- re- really remember how it happened. I, Boy, I don't even really remember... Where it happened. Uh, But I know I'm saved. You're deceived. You're deceived. You know, I know I'm married. I know who I married. I know how I was married. I know what I did to be married. And I know the place. I was married. Now how can I remember that but I can't remember where I was born again when my sins became forgiven when an eternal transaction took place I can't remember that. No there's the place. If you don't have a place you know why you don't? It didn't happen. That's That's just How it is. Amen. Boy, there's so much I could say about that. Well, let's finish. Let's go back to Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. Let's just finish here. Uh, Verse number 30. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? They murmured against his disciples. They wouldn't even come to Jesus about it. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Now if you compare this with Matthew's account, there's an extra saying that Jesus says that Luke doesn't record, and here's what it is after he said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, he said, go and learn what that meaneth. You know, some people, you need to understand this, some people, Jesus says, go. No, there's others he'll say, come. But there's others he says, go. Go and learn what that means. You know, not everybody is ready to be saved all at the same time. Zacchaeus wasn't ready to be saved. It took some time later. It took time for the Spirit of God to work in his heart. But thank God in Zacchaeus' situation, he came to the Lord. We're going to meet him, brother. Amen. We're going to meet him. Well, this is a convert of John the Baptist. We see it continuing. And that's what God wants us to do. Let's go out and see what we can do to see people saved. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this exciting story. A publican, a thief, a covetous man. Matthew was saved by hearing a Baptist preacher. And he was a disciple of John the Baptist. And Jesus comes and he follows him. And Father, it's a a wonderful thing. He becomes a soul winner, a witness. Father, that's what we're supposed to do. May we be faithful. I pray in Jesus' name.